dedicated to student counsellors and their road to getting qualified and beyond. Today it's episode 9 and I'm going to be actually answering some of the questions that you've all kindly sent in. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a review, please do. It would really help me out. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Hello everybody, here we are back again. Week number nine, so time is really flying by, isn't it? I wanted to quickly start today by just chatting to you about next week's episode. I know that I I mentioned this week that there may well be a guest that would be with me, and that is still coming. It's on its way, I promise. Um, But life has been really manic, actually, in in the last couple of weeks. And so it's been difficult for me to make that happen in time for today. And so please accept my sincere apologies for that. But on the plus side, something I've really wanted to do is to do a question and answer kind of um, podcast and actually answer some of the questions that people have been asking me. So I asked on social media for some questions um, and you guys have delivered. So that's been really, really helpful. And I haven't really looked at the questions massively. This is really not something I've thought about. This is going to be kind of a bit of an off the cuff kind of episode today where I just give you my views and I'm no expert. It's about me sharing with you what I feel, what I sense and giving you hopefully something that helps. (laughs) So for those of you that have sent questions in, massive thank you to you. And for everybody that didn't, firstly, why not? (laughs) But secondly, hopefully this will be helpful because Some of the questions that have been asked will also probably be on your mind too. So I hope your week has been really good. Um, I've been really busy, as I say, but I'm happy to be here and I'm excited to be recording this with you today. The first question that I have got here is, do you have a therapeutic model that you find yourself using more than any other? If so, why? And that's a really good question because that's about the way that I work and the way that I connect with my clients. And I am an integrative counsellor for those of you that don't already know. So I work with a range of models and lots of different therapeutic models come into that. Always really relational, so very person-centred. It's about being very much with the client and them being the expert because they know themselves they know themselves more than I do you know they they know themselves more than anybody else in the world so they are the expert on them if that makes sense I really gravitate towards being extremely relational and really following the person-centered way of being with people um, and allowing them to have that space to explore what they need and that works really really well it's very sort of organic and it grows just beautifully. It's not something that I necessarily drive. I do challenge from time to time, but I don't drive that. I allow them to bring what's needed in the moment. I really believe that offering a safe and non-judgmental space that's got empathy and understanding feels to me to be so incredibly important for people. And I think that that's the beauty. There isn't, it's not being prescriptive in any way. It's just allowing them to bring what they need. Now, in terms of using the other modalities, because as an integrative counsellor, of course, I have other tools that I can use within that. But it's always within the relationship for me. 
So, for example, there might be gestalt. I often use parts of. I often use parts of uh, cognitive behavioural therapy, so CBT. I'm not a purist in those. I'm very much around, yeah, just being, being together with that client, and giving them my all, giving them every ounce of my focus during that time, and allowing them to work through and be held by me whilst they work through something that might be really difficult for them. It might be something that's really hard for them to bring. And I think that it's through the power of that relationship and the person-centred therapy side that holds that for them. And really being unconditional, that unconditional positive regard and holding them, really holding them in that space. And I don't mean physically, of course, metaphorically holding them and allowing them to bring everything that they need to bring into the room. So I hope that answers that question really interesting when I sit down and think about it and I think, well, what do I do? Like, how do I do this? And actually, I'm really aware that so often it all sort of disappears. The the modalities themselves disappear into, into the back of my mind somewhere. But there's an awareness of what I do and kind of like a no size fits all, not one size fits all, if that makes sense. It really varies, doesn't it? And everybody needs something so different. So... I really hope that that answers that question. So moving on to the next question that I've got here. How should a student begin to decipher the language of criteria? Wow, that is a biggie, isn't it? (laughs) So um, I've had quite a a sort of mixed experience with this because I I think I spoke about my journey and my route into becoming a counsellor and supervisor. So if you haven't heard that already, it's worth listening to because I talk lots there about how I ended up taking the route that I took into counselling and the training progression that I made throughout that. My diploma, so my level four course, was not criteria-based at all. It was a completely non-criteria-based course. But my other courses were more criteria-based. So I do know that there's that real tension between trying to get yourself across and trying to get your, I don't know, that essence of you, I suppose, across to the person reading the assignment. And I sometimes I think that criteria can take away from that a little bit. But I guess in terms of deciphering it, it's about breaking it down and it's about looking at it in a very sort of simplistic way, looking at what they might be asking you. What do they want you to get across to them? And looking at it, almost reading between the lines and working out what it is they might need. And my sense is, is that to be a counsellor, you've got to be really real, haven't you? You've got to really bring you into the space. And I think that criteria can sometimes get in the way of that process, but it's also a really good way of demonstrating what you know, demonstrating that you're ready for this journey and ready for the next part of it. So I suppose it is about looking at what they're asking you and then finding a way to work that into what you're trying to write. And trying not to lose the essence of you whilst you're writing it, literally looking at what they're asking you. What are they asking me? What are they wanting me to say? And once you're able to work that out, it's then about writing that in a way that fits that criteria. But my sense is it's not about losing you within that. You're the person that's going to be working with clients. So bringing you into it feels to be super important to me. I hope that that's helpful to look at it like that. I wish there was a simpler answer, but of course there's so much in terms of criteria 
and so many different forms of it and so many different criteria to cover. It's just about getting into the groove and looking through what you've done and saying, can this piece of work that I've written, does this tick off this criteria? Will it tick that one off? Sometimes you might write something and then look back retrospectively and be able to say, actually, that does hit two or three criteria that I didn't think it would hit. So just really think outside the box and be fluid with it. But good luck, because I know that it's really difficult and I know that it can be a challenge sometime. So another question that I've had here, and it was one of the most wonderful questions to receive, was how did you feel counselling the very first client? And did you feel totally out of your comfort zone? Well, yes, I absolutely did. It was something that I will never forget. You know, it was the most amazing experience to counsel my very first client. I remember being extremely nervous and worried that I was going to say something wrong or do something wrong. Actually, I can honestly say that it was before the client arrived that I felt the worst, if that makes sense. And actually, as soon as she walked in the door, I felt a real sense of ease. And I think I really relaxed into it, but it did take time. It wasn't something that I instantly was able to jump into. It took time to just be with her and to be in the room with her just felt to be such a privilege. So yeah, I really felt out of my comfort zone and I was so worried. I was so worried that I was going to say something wrong or so worried that I was going to forget the name of a, I don't know what, her cat. (laughs) But actually I realised quite quickly that that stuff didn't matter. It was about being in the room with her and spending time with her and taking me into the room because I think, as I've said lots of times before, that is exactly what we're doing, isn't it? Is we're taking ourselves into the room. And that's what I did. And we formed the most amazing kind of therapeutic relationship. You know, I saw her for quite a long while. But it could easily have been different, couldn't it? You know, I'm aware that every single therapeutic relationship that we begin is really different. For me, it was something that I just will never forget. I'll never forget the build-up to doing it and and almost cancelling, you know, wanting to cancel or wishing that she would cancel and thinking, oh, you know, I can get away with this for another week. I don't want to do it yet. And having a strong sense of not wanting to do it. I don't want to do this. You know, that was something that came up for me over and over on the drive there thinking, I don't want to do this. Oh, I hope she cancels or hope she gets lost. You know, there was all of those sorts of things. That feeling of, I felt ready. I really felt ready to do it. But at the same time, there was that real fear. And I know that that's because I was being pushed out of my comfort zone. So the phrasing in this question is exactly right. There is something about it being uncomfortable and difficult. But the moment that we sat down together, that just sort of melted away. And we connected together and... I just cherish it. I absolutely cherish that as a memory of something. And I think I've said this to people before, but I don't think you'll ever forget your very first client. You'll never forget them. And you know they will always be kind of part of your career and part of your journey. So it's really special and really magical. But yeah, absolutely was out of my comfort zone. So if if you're feeling that way too, I completely get it. And I think it is about remembering that this is you. You're sitting in the room with them. You're spending time with them. You're honouring them. You're just talking and being with them and exploring and helping them to delve deeply into what they're trying to work on or what they're trying to work out for themselves. Um, And that's the special thing. 
So hopefully that that was helpful. So this was this is quite a long question, but I thought a really, really, really good one. What should you look for when choosing a college? Like many students, I felt let down by previous tutors and course providers. I've done as much research as I can whilst applying for the level four courses. But is there anything those of us looking for a new place of study should particularly watch out for? Now, this is something that, again, I've probably covered this to some extent in in my sort of route into counselling when I did that episode. But for me, counselling is is so experiential. It would be lovely if you can be in a place that feels comfortable. It feels safe. It feels cosy. If you have all of those things and you feel as if you can be vulnerable there, then that feels to me to be really, really good. I would always avoid the things where it's sort of loads of bells and whistles. I think it's about very, very good quality, simple training. I don't think you necessarily need to be in a place where they've got, you know, big projector screens and loads of technology. You don't necessarily need that. I think it's about, you know, a flip chart or a whiteboard will probably do the job just as well. I think it's about finding a provider and some tutors that feel like they bounce off of each other really well. Often diploma courses will be run by more than one person and I guess you don't want a real mismatch between those people. They're good to have those differences and bring those differences because I think that gives you a really rich experience, especially if they work in a slightly different way. That can give you a real rich experience. But their kind of fundamental ethics, I guess, need to be in line with each other so that it feels comfortable, so that you're in a place where you, although it might be a different tutor with you that day, you sort of know what the format of the day is going to be, for example. Because actually it can be really hard, can't it, when we're going into something like this. A little bit of certainty here and there does not do any harm at all to have some certainty and to have a real understanding of how it might be. And one thing that I really loved about my diploma course was it was very sort of organic. And, you know, although there was a structure to the course, it was very fluid and it allowed space for us to explore. So I suppose if you were going to be going to an interview, I guess it's a really good question to ask is when I'm here working with you, is it rigid as in from 10am to 11am we're doing this and from 2pm to 3pm we'll do that? Is it very rigid or is it that there's movement within that to enable people to explore something that might be floating their boat, I suppose, if there's something that feels interesting or it sparked the interest of the group? Does it have to be set in stone? Is the schedule set? And I understand that things have got to be covered within a course. Of course they have, you know, it's a qualification at the end of the day. But for me, the diploma course was very fluid. There was a lot of space and a lot of movement within that. And it was in the most lovely setting, which enabled us to have a real homely place to be. And I think that for me personally, that was exactly what I needed and what I was looking for. So I think that courses can really vary and we can get suckered into, you know, what the qualification will be at the end and what the piece of paper is going to be. But essentially, it's about getting from A to B, isn't it? It's getting from being not qualified to qualified but getting all of those tools in the meantime and everything that you need to help make that happen so that you're well supported and you've got a lot of learning. You can learn a lot. And I really enjoyed the integrative sort of style that, of course that I was on because there are certain aspects and certain modalities that 
didn't do it for me, that I didn't really enjoy or really kind of resonate with. But there were other parts that I absolutely loved. So it enabled me to sort of pick and choose, I suppose. I was able to hold on to the bits that really sat well with me and let go of the bits that I wasn't quite so interested in or mark them up for future reference, as in, you know, I like this and I want to learn more about it in the future and enable myself to do that with CPD and all of those sorts of things. Um, So I find the integrative thing was really, really, really good. And I'm really glad that I went for integrative in terms of training. But certainly in terms of, of the course and, you know, not wanting to feel let down by providers at the end, it's about asking them and being really upfront. What is the experience going to be like? What is it like day to day? You know, what will be the format of the day? And I think counselling isn't rigid, is it? It's it's not a subject that's very rigid in that sense. Yes, there's boundaries, but that's not the same as being rigid. And for me, it felt like it was a very responsible place to train in the sense that, you know, there would be lots of sort of group agreements and it wouldn't be about any one person sort of taking over. It was about mutually, what do we need? What do we need today? And being able to explore that. And of course, we still got things covered. We had to cover certain aspects, but there was always room and space. The schedule wasn't filled to the brim. Um, so there was always room and space to be able to say, actually, can we just sort of elaborate on that? Or can we just look at that a bit more? And in sort of stark contrast, I did a couples counselling training course, maybe two or three years ago. Maybe more than that, actually. Crikey, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, and I found that to be a very rigid, almost PowerPoint scripted kind of course. It didn't allow a lot of space. It didn't allow expiration. It didn't allow things to sink in as well. So I think that if a course is going to come across as being very rigid and very businesslike, it might not be what you need when you're doing a counselling training. Most certainly for the diploma, you know, the other two courses, if you do level two and level three, that's slightly different, but for a diploma, I feel as if it needs to be fluid. And and maybe level two and level three, you know, if you can find something that that is fluid and organic and all of those things, then I think that will stand you in really, really good stead. So I hope that's been helpful. It's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting question, actually. And I've always got a lot to say about training because I feel as if, like you rightly say, you can feel let down by a training provider if you don't get what you feel you were going to get. And so it's about being quite upfront and asking. And then if further down the line, they're not meeting your needs. I think it is about being honest. And in the, you know, in the world of counselling, we're being encouraged to be really honest. And if you're not getting what you need from your training providers, please go and tell them it's not doing what you thought it was going to do, or you're worried about something. Go and tell them because they won't know unless you say feel safe enough to be honest. You're paying your money. You're training for something that's really important. Ask them. Feel free to absolutely ask them and hopefully they will be helpful towards you. I always think as well, one more thing I wanted to say is is try and speak to people that have been on the course already. You know, if you you happen to go there and you see other students, ask them, what's this like here? How are you finding it? See what they say. Ask them to be honest about their their kind of um, experience so far and maybe see if there's people that, that you can find that have already trained there and been through the process. You can always look on the counselling directory and, and, you know, sometimes it will say in people's profiles where they trained. You can get hold of them and say, how was your training at that training environment? What was it like? And ask any questions. They've gone and done it. They've been through the process already. And in my experience, most counsellors are extremely kind of... <laughs> 
oh, approachable, aren't they? And friendly and somebody that it's okay for you to connect with in that way. Anyway, I hope that these questions have sparked some interest for you. And if you enjoyed this, let me know because I can do some more Q&As in the future. It just felt like a really nice format to just be able to chat a bit more casually about some of the um, topics that you wanted me to cover, really. So it feels really, really good. So next week, hopefully, once again, I'm hoping that, that I'll have a guest. It's really exciting. Like I'm in a really exciting phase with the podcast and I hope you're all still enjoying it. I'm really appreciating all of the downloads and all of the comments and all of the love on social media. It has blown me away beyond belief and I I can't thank you all enough. It's so amazing to, to have come this far already. So thanks for joining me today. It's great to have you with me. If you want to strike up a conversation, ask any questions or let me know about your own training, please come and find me on Facebook. There'll be details below in the show notes. And don't forget to help me to reach more people by sharing this. Have a great week, folks. Looking forward to creating something new for next time. Bye-bye.